good. Grief. Geller? Why did you ask it like a question? I've we're seven episodes in. We got there, time to question. Where we are? Oh, okay. <laughs> Nothing but questions. Uh hello, welcome to the seventh episode of Good Grief Galler. I'm your host, SBJ. With me is Irene. Oh, twice in a row. There you go. It's done done. Hi. See? It's me. It's me, Irene. Maybe maybe our life's lessons is if you complain, you get what you want. That is not oh, how is it works. How it, works? <laughs> that's how it seemed like yesterday. Yeah, well, I mean, in this house, that's how it works. Micah, also here? Hi. What can I complain about so that I can get uh, it? Look, we can complain this entire episode because we're about to talk about the worst part of the game. <laughs> what? Where's, where's my Mewtwo code? <laughs> there, I found something to complain about. <laughs> I have the code. In case you don't want to be spoiled, in case you didn't finish the game, there is a part in the game where you return back to the slumbering wield. I said it right, I think. Where the good music is. I love that yeah. music. It's also the... I mean, the whole game is good music, but... Yeah. Uh, but that's what we're going to be talking up to. So if you have not returned to that area that you have to go to at the start of the game, you have not made it far enough into this what we're going to talk about in this podcast. Uh, if you have made it to that, then you know things quickly uh, I don't escalate know. afterwards. So oh, okay. that will be our... <laughs> well, I don't know that. Thanks. <laughs> that will be our final episode tomorrow. Spoiler. Oh. Tomorrow's episode, we will be talking I, about the fight with Leon. <laughs> I thought you were going to say 100. I was like, no, I'm pretty sure it's eight. But in this episode, we can get that right out of the way. You go in going like, oh, well, this is the end of the game. I'm going to battle four people, then I'm going to battle Leon, and then I'm done. Well, the thing hasn't happened yet, so obviously it wasn't the end of the game. Well, yeah, Whoa. that's the weird part about it. <laughs> <laughs> so you do the... Well, okay, we'll, we'll get there. We'll get there. So backing up, every Pokemon game has a victory road. It's always terrible. <laughs> it's never good. And I've expressed this on the show before, but I don't... Victory Road is supposed to be this thing where uh, it really checks to see if you're ready for the Elite Four. They have a couple pretty decent trainers usually that, you know, have some decent strategy that may be able to stop you or not stop you. Um, and then there are some, quote unquote, powerful Pokemon that you're supposed to, you know, grind if you need to grind. And look, Golbats and Machokes are not giving me the experience I need, Victory Road. But that's what they seem to always litter them with. Machokes, Golbats, Gravelers. Maybe a Parasect here and there. None of these Pokemon give great experience, but... Where's all the Audino and the Chansey? Those give good XP, right? They do, they do. They're never on Victory Road, though. Sun and Moon had a relatively pretty okay Victory Road. It was still a Victory Road. Uh, it was like that, like, ice cave. It was pretty short. You take the escalator up, you go through the ice cave. There's a giant crater, at least in Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon, where Necrozma's there. You can either decide to catch him or wave goodbye and come back later. Go through another very small ice cave, and then you're done. And that was fine, but I hate Victory Road, because at that point, for me always, when I get the 8th Gym Badge, I'm just so excited to like get to that Elite Four part that it's a slog. And this game doesn't have one. It kind of does, but not really. It's more of like a hill. <laughs> yeah, I was bracing for Victory Road length when I, when I got off the train. There was a moment where I was like, oh, here it comes because of the way the shot is. 
before you first enter the new city. Oh, the shots were yeah. really cool. No, I know exactly. But I was like, oh, okay, like because you take the train to the snowy area. Route, so, route 10, I think yeah, it is. Yeah. And so you go through that. And then right at the end of there, I was like, okay, there's our mini detour, like travel to here for, to here. And then now I'm going to have to do all of this. But then it was just like, oh, nope, we're in the city. Cool. Like It felt great. It was good. <laughs> it was possibly one of the best changes I think they've ever done. They, and that, Re- that that route has. Really? No, yes. I think Victory Road is awful. <laughs> I mean, ever? I think. The, the best changes ever? One of the best changes. That was a steep claim. But... Well, it's a steep hill you got to climb. <laughs> I hate that. <laughs> Stop. I mean, all they need to. Well, okay, so Victory Road was also like, use all your HMs to get through, that kind of thing. And there are no HMs in this game, and there was no HMs in uh, Sun and Moon or Let's Go. They do, they do the, like, the. They do still have your power check. They have a couple pretty decent trainers on that hill that I don't think you can avoid. I think there's like four of them. No, there's there was one that I still haven't battled. I just walked around him. Okay. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, walking into Win Windham, is that Winden. a Win Winden? It's like London, Winden. Yeah. And uh, that city is really great. It felt like London. I don't. I, from what I remember when I was there, when I was in eighth grade, um, and also stereotypically, like when you see the clock tower and like the busy the Ferris wheel, they got Ferris wheel stuff. in London? The eye of the, yes. Okay. <laughs> Gotta make sure it's historically accurate. Historically. Historically. Okay. <laughs> when I go to London, I expect Grookey banners and Sobble banners and Score Bunny. I think the Grookey's wearing the glasses. There's like a little like glasses ad with Grookey. I thought you were going to say, oh, my, so I'm sad about um, that. Uh, yeah, the city's cool. It's kind of empty. Like, the only complaint I have about the city is it feels a little empty for how big it is. Like, there's this huge plaza, and there's, like, four people <laughs> there that you can talk to. And yep. then, then there's, like, right outside the stadium, there's, like, the little uh, merch booths, but there's also kind of, like, no people. And I think size-wise and looks-wise, it's really impressive. But then I just think of a game like Black and White or Black and That's, White Two, where like all those people are w- moving and like they don't necessarily say anything or do anything, but it just Black and White. Man, that city sucks though. Moving it, it at least captures that feel of like, oh, this is supposed to be New York, and these people are busy and they're always in a rush, and you get to Windon, London, Winden, Winden, and it's like, where is everyone? They're at home watching. The championship. That's um, false. <laughs> but um, yeah, right when I walked into, I was like, okay, I see how this is supposed to be London or similar, but it also really felt like black and white. Except I, it reminded me of how much I don't like that city either because it was like, <laughs> what do you mean? Confused. You don't like 18 hallways well, leading super, to one super. area? <laughs> and then figuring out which hallway you uh, have to walk down? Uh, it was confusing and stressful what about this what if we make a city that's a giant circle (laughs) what if i told you i actually really like that city which one the blonde and black Uh, and white yeah i liked it with my guide and i really had a problem not comparing this to that purely out of how empty winden was like there are people there 
and they kind of pop in and out as you get closer to certain areas, which is fine, but there's so few of them that pop in and out that I couldn't help, but I actually wrote in my notes because I was naive at the time, and I hadn't spent much time playing online, that I thought maybe the gameplay would change if I were playing online. Like, maybe there would be people there. But I obviously didn't know what I was talking about. (laughs) (laughs) And I was maybe hopeful that it would be more full in a different play style, but it's not the case. It's just really empty. Yeah. And all I could think was, what is the name of that city in black and white? I can't remember. Castelia. Castelia. Uh, All I could think was, this feels like... Similar to Castelia, but way less full than Castelia. Like, Castelia had lots of people walking up and down, and I felt like I was, like you said, it was very bustling and busy like New York, and I felt like I was bumping into people and everybody was on their way to something, and it felt it felt like it should be like that, but it wasn't at all. It was... Yeah, and I feel like it's probably a not blank. a technology issue, because when you're in the wild area, you can see a lot of people stuttering <laughs> Very, very yeah, poor, I think that's poorly the problem. frame rate next to you. So it's like, well, if you can actually get real life people next to you in a frame ratey thing, I can't imagine that it's more like just to have and like blank NPCs walking around can't be that processor heavy, or maybe not even walking. Assume, just have them standing there. <laughs> I would assume that it probably was. A technical limitation because they have NPCs pop in and pop out the way they do. Like, yeah. the field of view is so short in this game for active assets like Pokemon or NPCs or whatever. Like, you take a few steps, a few feet away from grass, then the NPCs and the Pokemon disappear. And then if you take a few steps back, then they reappear. Yeah, the pop out stuff. That's, you know, that's. That's f- for those those re- like the that's because of technical limitations, and I would bet that because it it's it is super stuttery when you're playing online in the wild area, they probably don't want that to happen in the main game for people who maybe will never go online or don't want to go online, yeah, and they just want to play the story. I feel like that would probably drastically stand out if this one area was at the end of the game at the climax of the game is real stuttery really bad frame rate and can't handle it's chugging a lot because it can't handle how many things are on the screen at once which is unfortunate but i don't know other than like hardware or tech problems how you get around that issue it just i think it's just doomed to there was no way that it could have been more full the city's Great though, I mean, like, yeah, pretty. it's, it's pretty. a really cool city. <laughs> that was my only complaint about it is that it felt like nobody lived. It felt like a ghost town. I, for the record, Mike and I didn't talk about this complaint beforehand. I didn't know that you had the same complaint I did of it being empty. Yeah, um, they do. Well, have, I had like, other complaints that we shared that we'll get to. Yeah, well, uh, they they do have like little teleporters because the city is so big that you can get to the stadium really quickly or uh, the tower in the back of the city. Yeah, and you get to actually see the the fly the Corviknight taxis in action. Oh yeah, like, big big carriage thing. We talked about how Rose Tower was obviously a rose, and I hadn't really looked at it prior to 
today when I was playing. And I was just like, how did you not? The towers obviously arose. Like, what? Like, the stadium's what? a rose, too. <laughs> well, it's like well, a rose like, stem. So, like, yeah. I think it's interesting that Rose Tower, where Chairman Rose is, and what he own or like what he is the the possessor of and the stadium that Leon is kind of the champion for they're each a part of a rose mm. little little uh deep lore i thought it was just because london had just giant rose buildings everywhere oh sure mm. yeah, yeah absolutely this is the deep lore <laughs> they call it the the city of roses i feel like we've talked about like we've You've, I haven't really said it, I don't think at all, but you both have said lore so much throughout this series. Every time you say it, I'm just like, we have a grimoire somewhere? Like, what's going on? We're, like, yeah, yeah. Building the lore for the podcast. <laughs> we've been, we we've use been, the word lore a lot. Oh, After this episode's done, we're releasing transcripts of the book, of the podcast in the back of the lore book. So you get all yeah. your lore up front, and then if you want to read, that's none of that is happening. Uh, okay. You have to defeat a certain amount of enemies first to get the, <laughs> the pages for the grimoire right and you got to hold your switch upside down to then evolve yeah inky it's <laughs> <laughs> really what you have to do to evolve inky uh okay so from just walk right into the stadium you don't have to explore the city there's not much to do in the city there's like another shop there's another battle cafe but you can walk right in the stadium and pretty much start and it sets up a situation where uh it's a it's a semi is it semifinals is that the word semifinals and then into finals quarterfinals quarterfinals semifinals finals so three matches i don't know i think they just talk about it no i think it's they the first don't part they show it semifinals yeah they show it later on is it no yeah. i think quarterfinals is later on this is just semifinals cuz it's marnie going into Hop and then you're done because there's four of you. Yeah, those are quarterfinals. Oh, those are quarterfinals. That's they 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 refer to them as the semifinals here. Oh, sorry. Ugh. Oh, I thought we yeah, have, I thought quarters is a bigger bracket. We have semifinals, finals, and then the championships. Okay, so you so semifinals is what we start with, and we don't get a bracket for it, but we do get a bracket for finals. So I would the, guess that it's probably just because they don't want to make a bracket for like <laughs> the random NPCs that and have. Not Other people a, are battling. Well, there's only one random NPC in this bracket, and it's the one that Hop faces. I mean, it's set up very predictably. Yeah. Uh, you battle Marnie. She dynamaxes for the first time in front of you. Yeah. Which is uh, her grim snarl, which is the evolution of Impidimp. Yep. And so you'd see Gigantamax grim snarl, which just Got looks big tentacle arms. It, yeah. With what do you think it, I guess it's going to be? This is like kind of the closure of the Marnie arc. I mean, obviously, I think you know you're always going to beat her because she's one of the rivals and you're going to go on to be champion. I, I don't know what to think of her because like she's not in your face and uh, quote unquote annoying like some rivals can be like Barry. She's also like there's not a lot to her. Like her, her storyline is very light. And I don't know if I like that or not. I think it's fine. I I like her character because she's like peers where they're kind of like not they're not in your face. And I like that. It's refreshing to me because all of the characters have such like sometimes to a fault huge personalities that it's it can be really clashing. And I like that when there are characters that 
are a little more subdued and a little bit more not like laid back, but not not as intense. And I think that makes me like those characters a little bit more. Maybe maybe I'm getting old. I don't know. <laughs> not every character needs to be screaming and dancing and shouting about how they're the best and the greatest of all time and they're gonna be the most incredible Pokemon trainer. Like, I don't really want that all the time. <laughs> You're saying you don't want Hierano to return. Uh, you know, <laughs> I could, could live without it. Did you? Were you satisfied with beating Marnie? Uh, yeah, I, I, like- I trounced her. But, <laughs> yeah, <Jeez. laughs> brutal. I was so prepared this time. I I really liked her little speech at the end. She kind of was like, uh, "I I I'm sad that I lost, but I was. It was a really nice battle, and I'm really happy that." Like we were able to get the audience as worked up as we did, or whatever it was that she said, mm. and then she, I think afterwards she says she's she, her and Piers are gonna watch on from the stands, and she hasn't decided if she's gonna cheer for me yet or not. Mm-hmm. Oh right, right. I like both. I like Piers and Marnie. I like yeah. them a lot. I think they're fine. And then you go into the battle with Hop. I was so emotional for like half of like. I just like him a lot. I like uh, Hop yeah. a whole I, lot. I, I loved real good. this fight. It felt felt like well earned. I think. Yeah. Uh, like I go I, I think about the fight with Gladion right before you go to the Elite Four, and it is very nice and humbling that his Pokemon evolve and the gimmick there is like almost all of his Pokemon need friendship to evolve. So because he finally hit that friendship mark his Crobat and his Savali, and they, I think he had one more that all evolved through friendship. It was like, oh, you, you did it. You made friends with your Pokemon. They evolved, but also, like... Didn't he have an Eeveelution, or was that... Uh, I don't no. know. No, I don't, if he, I don't think he had an Eevee. Okay. Um, but I didn't... Uh, that, that, that was a cool thing to see with Gladion, but it wasn't like, oh, man, I... Like, this battle is, like, ending everything we've worked towards, because we didn't really work towards anything with Gladion. Yeah, like, yeah. with him, we re- we uh, encountered him, at first, like, officially, basically, like, a ways into the story. Like, yeah, like Marnie. With, yeah, like, but with Hop, it's like, okay, we were together when we were kids, and now we're still <laughs> kids, but we're at the finals. Oh. But a period yeah. of time has yeah. passed. <laughs> I like that he's reminiscing throughout the fight, too. Like, in between Pokemon switches or knockouts or whatever, he's kind of, like, saying little things about the journey up to that point. Yeah. Which was cute. Yeah, I think the strongest it gave me back was to, like, the first time I played Red and Blue, where I didn't know that... After losing to the Elite Four 400 times because I was 10 years old and I was dumb and my Blastoise had four water moves because I thought that was the optimal way to play the game. I needed the, the, the bubble beam and the hydro pump and the surf and the... the it's, not, it's not the most optimal way the, to play? Not the most optimal way. This is and news to me. Losing time and time again and like finally beating Lance to know that, oh, wait, there's one more battle and it's against my rival. And, like, that was, like, a passion I don't think I had as a 10-year-old to be, like, oh, my gosh, how could he be the champion before me? I need to do this. And the hop fight is in a different way. Cause 
Like you know you're going to have to fight him near the end and you've already fought him like most rivals a bunch of times. But the fact that they did such a good through line with the connection between you and your character, the difference, I guess, is you don't necessarily hate Hop as much as you hate that your rival in Red and Blue are, is always like one step ahead of you and always slightly rude to you, <laughs> condescending to you. I f- it felt really, really nice ending the battle with Hop, like starter to starter. I saved my starter for when his starter came out because I knew I was like, I want, I want that to be the uh... the moment. So when he threw out his, because I got Intellion when he threw out his uh, Cinderace, and I sent out my Intellion and we Dynamaxed him. And he's talking about our journey. I was like, this is a whole a lot. lot. I got super. I got emotional. Yeah, like, I. It was I, really cute. I'm curious if like you hear it all the time of like Ash is a lousy trainer. And my response to that is, how many championships have you won? <laughs> or, like, <laughs> how many times have you placed, like, top eight in a tournament? Because it's extremely hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It, I know Micah played a lot of Magic. I played a lot of Pokemon TCG. And I did dabble in a year or two of the VGC. And me making top eight at a regionals was, like, one of the greatest feelings in the world. Because there was, like, 400 players there. And I've always appreciated competitive a lot more than that because there's so much work that goes into compete at such a high level. I don't think most people have ever been in a situation where they are at that high of a level competing against somebody they actually know and care about. It's easy to be Whoa. like, well, I don't have a connection with Gladion or I don't have a connection with Marnie. So like beating her doesn't really beating her or him don't really like mean that much. But I I, I would imagine that most people, one, have never competed at a high level, uh, and two, if they have competed at a high level, how many of those people sat across from somebody they don't know versus somebody they do know and care about? Hop being disappointed but also happy for you is, like, the realistic expectation. Same with Marnie, I guess, Ugh. because she does know you. I don't know if it's, like, super late slash early, but I'm, like, getting real emotional right now. But, yeah, I liked, too, about how after uh your battle with hop how he's like oh i'm really excited that um you're going to uh, battle lee um and i i suppose i should vote for you too i should vote i should uh cheer for you too vote for you off the island sorry <laughs> out of the stadium <laughs> so yeah oh it's a good fight oh yeah, another thing really that i noticed fight. uh that pretty it doesn't really mean much but um throughout the game i've been paying attention to how he was acting like his movements and stuff mm-hmm. during battles and during the fu- like during our match with him he was so distinctly different like his demeanor was different enough for me to note cuz i think it's because he didn't do that arm thing that he's been doing the whole game yeah. and i was like oh it's serious but um yeah i i liked that he... Fix his throw. Yeah. He trips when he throws. No, this time. no throw in that Pokeball. So when he yeah. Gigantamaxes, he goes to do it with Flair, and he like messes up and trips. Oh, that's cute. Um, he stopped caring as much. Maybe. Except he kind of did care later, because he... <laughs> yeah, but... So yeah, that, those are like two things that stood out. Again, these are the little things about Hop where I think a lot of people... Who may may not have liked him, maybe just didn't even notice. But like you're right, like he doesn't 
flex his arm prior to the match because I think one he's nervous, but also like why he doesn't need to impress you. He doesn't need to flex in front of you or like like he he's learned so much. And then when he does later on in the match, Gigantamax, and he wants to put a little spin on it like gym leaders do or like Leon does, he trips, which is like a very you see so much of people competing at high levels and like something really funny happens like they trip when they go on the stage or like they drop something or like that is a very common thing and that's horrifying <laughs> it is well i mean it is horrifying i would assume being having millions of people watch you compete against your rival unexpected to me because i thought okay we're gonna go through the bracket of champions and then whoever wins the bracket fights leon you don't fight leon it's like the first kind of like psych because they, it, it's not like when you go into the thing. Maybe I'm just really dumb. Maybe because it's not when you go into the thing. They go like, "Oh, by the way, you're not fighting Leon today." It, they, it, there's no sign unless I missed it. I just assumed we're walking into the stadium. I'm walking out as champion. I mean, but it's also realistic that like I wasn't surprised that we didn't end up fighting him that, like in that same like set of the same act i guess yeah um because it's so sportsy that you usually always have a break like after like one set of like okay we're doing the semifinals there's always a break of some sort so i wasn't like oh that's weird like because it's been so um sportsy like olympicsy uh feel like i wasn't that wasn't surprising to me yeah i don't think it was i don't think it was it wasn't really announced but like so it was something that i could see how that could be surprising but i wasn't surprised just because of it's like a sports event like any like the majority of sports tournaments are not like a one like you don't go through the entirety of the tournament in one day right like even esports stuff like you know, you you don't, or you know, card tournaments, things like that. Like you don't do the entire thing in one day. Like when we go to Worlds, it's not like it's all of it's happening at once in one day. It's like a weekend long thing. Because but when you're only battling that two would be people, ridiculous. and then the third one is supposedly Leon, you're like, well, well, this is way shorter than an Elite Four because that's five people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think it's like that suspension of disbelief. Like maybe. I would like to think that all of these people aren't showing up just for like <laughs> literally five minutes of battle <laughs> that it probably is is intended to seem longer than it actually is in real game time. Like yeah. it's probably a day long event with lots of battling and whatever. So that leads to uh, Leon asking you for dinner before tomorrow's match. Oh, wait, can I mention how much I liked the locker room? I don't, I mean, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, like, it, it, this sounds so trivial, but um, throughout the whole game, um, I I just love the music. I don't care. Um, the music's good. I know. Um, and just the subtle sound effects and changes and volume and tone and stuff. So when you're in the lobby and super loud, oh, I'm about to go into the stadium and watch this or whatever, but like that feel where it's like, Oh, you're really a player. You're a participant here. So you're backstage off on the sidelines. And so there's that perspective shift audio wise, along with just this being in the space of a locker room. 
Um, I don't know. I don't think there's really been any other situation that's, I mean, similar to that. Of like giving you space before your battle? No, not that. But just, well, I mean, literal, literal space. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I can't think of another Pokemon game that does that. I mean, I guess you could consider like the final hallway. Yeah. Uh, like the like like when you first fight Lance for the first time in Red and Blue, there's a real long hallway between Agatha and Lance that is very that like felt good every time you did it. Of like, oh, here's the real long walk, long walk to the champion, which the long walk, not the champion. So you're supposed to get dinner with Leon. You hop. And Leon doesn't show. He's late. It's apparently been several hours. Uh, Hop is pacing. We live in a world of smartphones, <laughs> but that's those aren't being used clearly. Although I guess the easy thing is like, oh, Leon's just not picking up birds busy. And then um, Piers shows up with team. He's like with like a couple team yellow grunts, right? Uh, uh yes. I don't I I didn't think he was. Because like, they, or they weren't very or they weren't really close cuz oh, no, they them later. They show they show up later because Marnie shows up then. Mm. And I believe the team the team yell grunts are with yeah. are following her. This sets up a situation this is what Micah and I were kind of um, not 100% sold on this part. I think the storytelling in this game is is really great and and I mean, it's a it's a pretty simple story, so it's kind of hard to mess up. Um, and they do well, I think, with their twists and turns. But the it, I felt like it was a little bit of a stretch to go. My brother's late to dinner, so now we have to rescue him. <laughs> the analogy I used when we were discussing it last night was if if I were supposed to, if my brother was supposed to come to my house, and he were a few hours late and not answering his phone and then you happened to show up to my house and you said oh i just ran into your brother he was at the mall and he said that he's got something he's got to take care of with this person that you know and it's not a thing that's out of the ordinary like having a meeting with the champion <laughs> or with the chairman I don't think my immediate reaction would be to tell you that we then had to go save him from something. Okay, we gotta but, go rescue him. But you're not a ten year old or eleven year old. I mean, <laughs> like, if <laughs> listen, this is <laughs> okay. So I ju I just think it's a big leap. I think it's a big leap to go from like, oh, he's having a meeting with the chairman, and he's gonna be late, to like, oh, he's in trouble. <laughs> That's that's such a sig especially because up to that point they don't give like any kind of indication that Chairman Rose is an inherently bad guy. Like there's subtext that maybe we as players can pick up on, but there's nothing that really explicitly says to the characters in the game like y your character or Hop or really kind of anyone else that Chairman Rose is a bad guy or like is a danger to leon there's not a situation where like chairman rose is overly nice to you and like m mean or rude to hop where hop would be like i don't trust that guy mm -hmm. uh, i know you do but i don't we should see what's up it's a gym leader walked in 
to the hotel. Yeah. He obviously is there to watch his sister compete, so that's not out of the ordinary. And says, I just saw Leon with the chairman at Rose Tower. And Hop's first inclination is, something's wrong. But my inclination is, they're, those two are always together. Right. <laughs> and meetings They've had go- meetings in the past in the game. Like pre at previous points in the game where he said, Oh, I gotta go meet with Chairman Rose. And it was nothing that anybody like looked sideways at, you know? But now uh, suddenly this is dangerous. <laughs> well, I think probably like you're you guys are talking about this, but and I see what you're saying. Um, but I feel like the way that they were trying to get around it is how um Hop was really adamant that this has never happened before in in my whole life, like Leon's never been late like this. This is that's what's abnormal. But and he so, sent someone to give a message, right? I know, like he, but I mean, and it's not someone that you don't trust. It's not like it's not like Oleana or somebody came and said, "Oh, Leon's going to be late because he has a meeting with Chairman." Like that would maybe seem a little bit more dangerous, right? That yeah. would be like, "Oh, maybe something is going on." But it's Piers. Like Piers shows up and says, "Oh, I just ran into him. He said he's got to go to a meeting. He'll meet up with you later." Like that to me doesn't say, oh, he's in danger. (laughs) Or not really complaint. I kind of liked the fact that we're not really given any kind of indicator that even at that point, I was like, well, I mean, do we know that Chairman Rose is bad? Like we get hints that Oleana is dangerous, but Chairman Rose doesn't really ever give any kind of indication that like, you know, he talks about the, you know, his power, his power plant or whatever it is and he talks about gigantic or dynamaxing and all that but like there's no real specific indicator you just kind of get like a sense of it and i'm not sure that that is because we're so conditioned in pokemon games to be like oh the corporate guy is the bad guy which you know ditto but uh there's no (laughs) there's no indication really with chairman rose that something is amiss aside from the people that seem to be like running the sh- the show behind the scenes for him without his real input because there's a lot of scenes with Oleana leading up to this too where Oleana gives an indication that maybe she's doing something bad behind his back almost like she's running things but he doesn't have the personality that like he would be upset and that's kind of where you know the the whole scene with Bede where Bede says that you know, Oleana sent him on this mission to get these wishing stars, and Opal says that Oleana was using him and all this stuff, and, and Chairman Rose is upset by Bede's actions. It gives you this indication that maybe Chairman Rose isn't the bad guy, maybe it's Oleana, and you you kind of question Chairman Rose. So there's still not even, like, even as the player, there isn't a whole lot of justification to be like, oh, he's he's definitely bad guy. Go save your brother. This is a dangerous situation. We got to run. I just, it's, if it were just one other thing, one other story element, like it were Oleana that showed up instead of Piers to tell us that he couldn't make it, or, you know, he, he was with Chairman Rose when he told Piers, like something, any other kind of like small indicator to, to, to give us something that would make us feel like this were more dire than it actually was. I would I would be sold on it, but okay. it just didn't do it for me. <laughs> it just didn't make sense to me. Okay, so when so we meet up with Pierce, well, Pierce walks in, 
and Hop is like, oh my gosh, I don't know where my brother is. We have to find him. How, like... Not how, Hop. Uh, how? <laughs> how? <laughs> my question Do is... Do we find... Also, the well, time, the we, timeline it, also doesn't make sense, too. Yeah, like, how... Because... how do, I, I don't... I can't connect how it was, like... Um, so, well, Team I, Yell is going to... We're going to go do this thing but then oliana is like no halt oh oh that yeah, no like, i thought I you were refer- referencing to the- like he's been missing for several hours and then pierce is like i just saw him <laughs> like <laughs> i mean like did you come out of the tower did i don't know him, if like- he says i just saw him but he does say like i saw him and he he said he was like passing him on a bridge or something okay and he and he said oh i have to go to this meeting, can you go to the the end? Well, that doesn't make sense either because if it's been several hours, why would yeah, he tell uh, Pierce? Yep, yep, like, yep. Nope. That that was the part that fell apart. That was yep. that was the thing that. Okay, I mean, there's anyways. a lot of this that doesn't have structure. This was like the biggest part of the game that maybe, unless I'm maybe misremembering, but this specific part of the game had just didn't like. I wonder if there was like another element in the city. Because this is a very big city that's like not ever used, like the, the city's really not used. I wonder if there was like another element or something that was supposed to go right here that they cut or that they decided didn't work. Because this doesn't, this part didn't seem very thought out compared to everything before and after. That then again, no one on that team knows what the story of X and Y was <laughs> at all. Even like recent interviews when 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 like Game Informer was like, "Hey, what was up with AZ?" and Masuda was like, "Who? Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know." <laughs> but this doesn't feel like a like a plot hole. I mean, uh, yes, it's a plot it's hole, just, but it doesn't feel like a. It doesn't feel like there was some element that just doesn't make like like a massive element that just doesn't make absolute. It's just there's something missing. There's like one key thing to connecting these dots that could have been done pretty simply in how it was written or what characters they used to uh, pass on this message or just anything, any little thing. One line of dialogue could have changed. (laughs) I think that something did go wrong at this part. Something did go missing because why when you do find Leon on Chairman Rose... They just give you four still pictures. <laughs> what? There's like no cut. They, there's like cutscenes throughout this entire game of characters moving. Uh, yeah. Of like the there's a there's a huge cutscene we'll talk about in the next episode that is gorgeous. It's so beautifully animated, and the part right before that happens when you finally beat when you work through the tower, which we're about to talk about there, are, and you see Leon and and Chairman Rose, instead of like a cutscene or instead of like an in-game, uh, I don't know what they call it, in-game rendering of characters moving up to each other and talking, like what normally happens on a route when you run into a uh, hop. It's a cutscene. Just well, that's not like the, a cutscene like the beginning of the game or something. Sure, that would be like a out of out of like engine a, like cutscene, a render, like a rendered, yeah, yeah, rendered cutscene as opposed this, to in-engine cutscene. This is l- just. It's it, it's beautifully drawn. It's not even drawn though. That's the problem. It's like computer. It's like computer drawn, or it's like drawn, it's, not like hand drawn. But it's it's what they did was it's called composite drawing. It's called uh, like composite painting. 
So what they do is they take 3D models, pose them, and then touch them up to to change the lighting or to change, you know, whatever. Like, And the only thing that I can think that the reason that maybe they did this, because it is a little jarring and it is a little weird, is maybe that they didn't want to render in 3D a city that they were looking out on from that perspective. Oh. And so they wanted to just take an easier route and like paint one. I read on the internet they're lazy. <laughs> it it kind of reminded me um of earlier when Hop shows you, "Oh, did you see this on the news?" and you look yeah. at that. So like it 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 seemed like a similar uh purpose. I think when when you see it for the first time, you're like, "Oh, what why is this a still? Oh, it looks really pretty." And it is it is very pretty. Like yeah. I think I think they did a good job and it's like, well, this is fine. They're just, you know, quickly telling uh or this is just a scene. But in in like an hour, you're going to see possibly one of the coolest rendering cutscenes ever. Uh Have I gotten to that part? No. Okay. <laughs> but when you see it, you're just like well, what the heck? What did they do with the panties? <laughs> oh, see, you said I should I, do all of this in one sitting, and I now t- I'm yeah, sad. I, told you. I don't. It, this didn't like bother me necessarily. It it it's it fine. Did. Like I get it, and I get the the trick, like the the composite painting trick, like. And I can imagine that less out of laziness and more out of optimization of like time and resources probably doesn't make sense to fully render, uh and light a city like that from the angle that's only going to be used for that one scene. And that's it. <laughs> no, like I, one, I don't think it, I don't think it's a complaint. Scene. I just, it just that following the scene of, Oh, we don't know how to like get these protagonists to this tower to see the scene. Just maybe felt like maybe something, maybe the whole thing was supposed to be something a little bit different. Sure. And they decided that, uh, let's, let's just do this because we got to ship this game. Well, I I mean, it wouldn't necessarily be that bad, right? None of this, none of anything that we've complained about up till this point, through this whole fiasco of Leon's missing, we need to find him, so on and so forth, would have been that bad had it not been sandwiched around a ton of, like, battling. <laughs> okay, yes. So, like, yeah, like, like if, if you took, if you took the, the discussion about Leon being in trouble or, like, something is amiss, and then they went to Rose Tower and you saw this four-second cutscene and that was it, that maybe would not, that maybe would make a little bit more sense. But the fact that you're literally fighting your way there <laughs> does yeah, not this, make sense okay. to me. So, this is the worst part of the game, by far. This, like, I... I could easily see people being like, nah, I'm done. Like, I don't need to see the ending. This, this, this is tedious. It's, and it's not, it's not fun. The Where's Waldo part. I would give me Victory Road right now. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of thought the like Where's Waldo part I was funny. I thought that was cute. But, and I, <laughs> but I, if like, it were just that and not the, the elevator battle, maybe that would oh be fine. Oh my gosh. Like, if we just fought our way to get the key like and then just okay, made our way there. The, the where Waldo part is, like, slightly cute, like, especially when he's in the phone booth at the end. You're like, oh, cool, like, <laughs> he's in the phone booth. That's, that's like, I laughed out loud for that. Yeah. Uh, but the fact that he, his Pokemon are so weak, they're not even evolved, 
and you're like, oh my gosh, I have eight gym badges, and I'm I'm, I'm two battles, I'm one battle away from battling the champion. You're over here using a shelter. (laughs) Also, I can't. (laughs) This this, is. Like, you're literally wasting my time, dude. You have, like, a shelter and, like, a hoodoot. The concept that this company, Macrocosmos, is this, like, extremely powerful, like, not powerful, but, like, extremely rich, like, run by people who are uh, intelligent and have, like, good strategy with whatever they're doing. They're, like, you know, scientists and all this whatever. I almost swore. (laughs) I'm so mad. (laughs) They they have all these things about them, and their solution is they're going to dress up their grunts as the staffers, but the the only thing that is different is that they have different sunglasses. (laughs) It's mind-blowing to me. (laughs) I just don't... (laughs) I think it was the only... It was only the one guy. No, it was all Until when they... Until... when all had different sunglasses. And they they had they had less sporty sunglasses, and they all had. I didn't even look at the sunglasses. Was I was the just like, di- it's always going to be the dude facing the wall. But they tell you that they tip like peers or somebody says, "Oh, it's the it's the guy with the different sunglasses. That's who we got to look for." This part's this no, part's I, awful. I, I talked to one of the team yell people, and they're like, "You might as well try better if you're trying to there's, like hide or there's, something." There's like one thing like X and Y does like kind of okay, and it's like when you're battling down to, it, it's it, it's it's that battle hallway they do where you're trying to get down to Xerneas and Eviltal, where you have to like fight Pitbull and like the other Team Flare members. <laughs> and it's like it's like kind of okay because like Serena's following you or I guess Calum depending on what character and there's like good music and you're like I'm just knocking out these grunts left and right to get there and this is like oh well I gotta but at least those grunts they like had Houndoom and Manetric and stuff and you're like okay cool they're like well equipped to like make sure that Lysander has Lysander has enough time to put on his virtual boy so he can mega evolve at the end so we gotta like stall a little bit, but this is like okay, go around this empty city because we didn't populate it with people, which it actually probably would have been way better if there was tons of people walking around. Yeah. Uh, but it's like okay, there's like the two little there's like the little girl and the boy with the balloon, and they've been here and they're not moving, and then it's like there's one person by the phone booth, and near the end they're not in the phone booth, and the dude's in the phone booth, like it's so bare bones. So you're like okay, I did the tedious part. That's not the end of the world. Okay, we're going to go up an empty tower. <laughs> oh, man, I was so mad. We're going to go up an empty tower and battle more brain-dead grunts. Like, they don't have any good Pokemon either. And you have to do that, I think, I think that's... So you have to battle the dude outside the tower, like, four time, three times. And then you go into the tower. And then you have to battle somebody on the ground floor. And then you go into the elevator. And then you have your stereotypical three elevator battles. And they even, like... Try to explain it away by saying, oh, this elevator was built so that you can stop it on any floor from the outside. Why? (laughs) Who did that? (laughs) These are scientists who built it like that. Oh, okay. I I did like Team Yell and Pierce and Marnie, like, during this whole part, like, I I don't know. I thought it was- I mean, they're- yeah. (laughs) Yes. Never mind. They are the the black and pink and the the all black gray <laughs> tower that is the tower. The distraction that they did yeah. that was cute. All of the shenanigans and everything, like it was, it could have been good. It just feels like they, 
it felt the like the way they handled this whole segment of the game was just too ham-fisted to I the think- point where it like just felt so out of place and awkward compared to how really well written and paced the rest of the game is the thing that really stood out throughout the entire game was how there wasn't a lot of trainers that you had to battle compared to past pokemon games i can't remember a route like the only route that seemed like it had a lot of trainers besides like the 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 victory hill which makes sense because they're power checking you at that point yeah was like the route right before milo with the roly coly cave I was like, oh, there's actually a lot of trainers on this route. But throughout the whole game, it didn't feel like routes were littered with trainers. Yeah. Some people might see that as a downside. Uh, I saw it as an upside because I think a lot of the times, like, yeah, it's fun to do a trainer battle every now and then. But when you have to fight, like, six trainers and just to get to the next Pokemon Center to save to, like, actually, like, not <laughs> not battle trainers anymore, it's a little annoying and I think Let's Go actually, at the time, like, looking back, I was like, oh, Let's Go is great because they added more trainers on the routes to compensate for battling wild Pokemon, which is good, and I still stand by that, I th- which the, the argument was, I don't like Let's Go because I can't battle wild Pokemon, and my argument was, why would you ever want to battle wild Pokemon because they're so garbage and they provide no skill, why would you not just want to battle more trainers? Because at least trainers have a strategy. Whether or not that works, at least they're trying to do something. The wild Pokemon are not trying to do anything. They're rolling a four-sided die, and whatever move works, work, or like they do it. Whereas trainers are at least programmed to be like, okay, this trainer's going to at least sword stance twice, and then attack. And if you kill it before then, well, at least that was its strategy. And so let's go did this thing where they, like, did a bunch of areas with, like, no trainers. Not a bunch, but, like, here is an area with no trainers so you can catch a bunch of Pokemon. Okay, now here's a route, like, littered with trainers. Like, double the amount of trainers in um, from, like, Pokemon Yellow. And that's nice because it breaks up that... It breaks that up from, like, oh, I can catch a bunch. Okay, now I can battle a bunch. Now I can catch a bunch. But, like, battling ten trainers in a row is not (laughs) fun, in my opinion. So none of Sword and Shield does this. None of Sword and Shield is like, here's trainer after trainer after trainer after trainer after trainer until this part of the game. Well, it's like it's like the um you know, like the Aether Foundation, like it's like the it's like the quote unquote jailbreak sequence, which is fine. I get that. I think that if it were if it were similar to that where you had a slew of trainers that you had to battle Sure, the pacing might feel a little bit weird, but as long as it were written in a way that made sense, I think like I would be I would be able to justify it and be okay with it. I might not like that it's happening and that it's taking up my time this way, but I could at least say like, okay, it was it was a classic Pokemon sequence like they've done in the past, like this. But at least it had a good story to it. But there are so many poorly written plot holes throughout this whole sequence. Just this one sequence. We have, you know, Hop is such, is really, like, amazingly written. A lot of the characters have really good backstory. And, uh, you know, through, through all kinds of things, they're written in really good ways. But 
you have so many things that just don't make sense with this entire sequence sequence from start to finish. You don't know it, you don't know how you it amped up to the point where you have to go save Leon. Oleana it is is giving sung different sunglasses to staffers to make them look different. <laughs> like uh, Marnie somehow gets the key off of him that you don't you don't understand how because you you fought the guy. And he takes off, and then suddenly Marnie has the key. That doesn't make sense. The elevator opens from the outside. Like, there's so many things <laughs> that just don't make sense that they just, it feels like they just rush through to get you to the point where you see this cutscene with Leon and Chairman Rose. That if they had just taken a little bit more time to, I don't know, it, it fill in those plot holes a little bit, like, I wouldn't have been so jarred by this whole sequence. It's just, it's really just jarring. Like, the whole thing is jarring. Really disjointed. <laughs> it is super disjointed. And I know this sounds like, you know, I, I'm nitpicking this thing, but I don't, I'm, I don't think I am. Like, for no, how no, well-paced is... and well-written the, the whole story, everything in the story has been to this point, this really threw me off and felt like a really weak spot. And I am one who is typically pretty good at finding, like... A, a way to enjoy something this one segment i just couldn't do it and like going back to x and y you're you're i get you're just like so used to that with like team flare of like all right i'm in a cave all right there's five team flare members here all right now i'm in this cave more team flare now i'm in team flare's hideout here's a bunch of team flare all right, now I got to fight lysander <laughs> and run down this hallway and then you get to the end and it's Six team flare members that you have to battle, and then Lysander comes out with his virtual boy, and you battle him, and then probably at some point again you got to battle more team flare. Like that, that is that like that's not acceptable in retrospect, but at the time you're just like, this is what the game is. Team flare is bad. They're everywhere. There's a lot of them. I have to battle them, and this is we don't really have a bad guy. Like like you can't even say Team Yellow is a bad guy. They're just. They're, they're just, they're, there's just these little pockets of dumb situations of like, don't wake the silly cobra, don't wake the, the don't wake the sandaconda, it's sleeping, and it's like, okay, I battle one grunt, that was funny, they leave, that, that situation happens a couple times, and then all of a sudden they're like, here are some bad guys, they're not actually bad guys, well, they're bad guys, but they're nameless bad guys, and you gotta battle a bunch of them, and you gotta go up a tower and battle a bunch of them, and then you, all of a sudden... Oleana's throwing a giant garboder at you and you're like this this garboder summarizes my last hour of the game I actually okay I have I have things to say about Oleana's team that I think are are is an instance of good writing but I think the problem that you you are expressing that I'm realizing right now as you're talking is that there isn't a clear, distinct bad guy at any point up until this point. Like yep. we don't have any indication that this macrocosmo is a is a dangerous force in this universe the same way that we have with Team Rocket or Team Flare or Team Plasma or whatever. Like we don't have any, and maybe maybe you can explain that as like, oh, you are a kid. And everyone was trying to shelter you from it and like Leon telling you to focus on the championship and you were so wrapped up in the gym challenge that you didn't you didn't see what was going on behind the scenes because the adults didn't want you to, which maybe, sure, but 
that's for the characters. Like we, as the player, as the viewer of the story, should have some kind of indication. But it's just so jarring that we don't have any indication up until this point, and then it kicks into high gear. And I almost can almost guarantee you that anybody who finished this game and enjoyed it probably still could not tell you who what the name of the organization like the evil organization was the first time i read it out loud was when i was in the tower of like macros cosmos i didn't even yeah no I so was they just... do there are trainers that have like the i think the other indication of it was um the uh the the double battle team that's the news anchor and the cameraman i believe are macrocosmo like Oh, employees. Julie and Macrocosmo Victor or whatever. <laughs> so I think that like the news is, is the 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 news is a Macrocosmo like entity. But again, they don't really explain that. I, I There's do no think explanation of it. I do think it's clever that they kind of their their trick in this game was to be like, oh, you won't see us doing this twice. Like, oh, Team Skull was the bad guy, wink wink. And it was like, but they weren't. Team Yell is the bad guy in marketing. Wink, wink. But they, but, but you just did it. So are they really the bad guy? Or are they not? And it's like, well, you did it twice in a row now, which yeah. is fine because you wouldn't, you wouldn't think they would do it twice in a row, but they did it twice in a row. And then they did the thing where the Aether Foundation, the thing that is saving the Pokemon, they were the real bad guys. Well. Right. You could argue that they weren't, and it was just Lusamine that was corrupt, and so they were just following orders. But in this, they did the same thing. Instead well, of it being Aether Foundation, it was a, a company that you didn't ever hear, that you didn't think actually had trainers and a team. And apparently, they have the most sophisticated elevator that opens multiple ways, and that's how you... <laughs> <laughs> it was really gray. Like... No, that game never came out. It was Black and White 2. (laughs) (laughs) With how Oleana was like, oh, no one can interrupt Chairman Rose and and his meeting with Leon. And so I gathered my secret team of people that agreed with me because I paid that. I don't know. Like, that was really strange, too. Because I was just like, what exactly is your point? And also, does he i don't think he chairman rose even knows what you're doing because chairman, i don't know what you're doing <laughs> chairman, chairman rose should have hired a more cool and collective person like, to not reveal that her uh <laughs> i remember oleana is like a consistent character throughout though like that that's the, the confusing part too like she is consistently indicated as as a a bad guy like a a, a bad character so i don't know if this was ever said in the game and if it was i don't think any of us talked about it she was the one that invented the dynamax band she she was the researcher that made the band ah. at what point did they say that because in, in i don't know if holberry, they do say that but this is this is on her bio that i pulled up online oh i see in holberry when you meet her and chairman rose chairman rose asks he says something like how's how's magnolia doing when you go to meet him for dinner and she, and he says if it weren't for her and her research, we wouldn't have Dynamaxing. Well, no, yeah. Well, Ma- Magnolia is the researcher of Dynamax. Oleana, oh, Oleana is the one who made, made the... the band to then help people control Dynamax, which 
we'll talk about next episode, I guess. But she does say, you know, she says that she, like, everything she's done, she, like, and I think her character is well-written in that, like, everything she does, she does for Chairman Rose, like, everything that she's, all of the intensity that she's had throughout, like, I don't demanding that you meet Chairman Rose, like, don't be late, because nobody should keep him waiting and nobody should interrupt his is this like a love so storyline does she like love him is that is, is that no, i think she's just dedicated to him. Mm, i don't know if i like this trope mm, i don't know if i like that trope <laughs> well then like the trope of like i'm going to do whatever i can for him like it came off to the point where she was like i'm going to fight you up here with my very awesome Gigantamax garboarder, dang, I love that thing. It has like a toy boat in it. It has like a yeah. substitute doll coming out of it. It's it's great, but like she definitely came off of like I will die here when she. <laughs> so you can't get to Chairman Rose, and that when she that enters when in her... rage mode. <laughs> and her facial expressions and her sentences was, was just seemed like I will blow up this entire elevator with you and me, and it just so you cannot reach him. Uh, she's not a scorned woman, but like. Well, and after well, afterwards, too, she says that she she lets you pass because she says we've already gathered all the wishing stars. We've already done everything. There's no yeah, point. In, I'm in, sick. Of, I'm sick of that plot hole, yeah. too, of like they do that all the time in Pokemon games where it was like, I only battled you to distract you. We just <laughs> needed five minutes. Gotcha. Doesn't matter if I win or lose. Because you uh, already lost. Uh, like, OK, <laughs> but I liked her her battle and i liked her team because yeah. all of her pokemon were like you know pretty and like elegant pokemon like all her pokemon uh, are female M- My- milotic and frostlass and serena and then the last pokemon she Salazzle lets out is as well yes and the last pokemon she lets out is gigantamax garboder which is just like a dump <laughs> <laughs> i thought it was like a neat i don't know like kind of a neat yeah it's like showing how the exterior can be one thing but the interior can be another maybe that's not how they wrote it but that's how i took it i don't think i don't think it's an accident they gave her right gigantamax garboder she's she's also the only member of this wonderful team we just discovered uh macro cosmos she's the only person on their entire team that doesn't use steel type pokemon yeah that was the one thing that i was going to mention is that that's the commonality that I had that I found was that they and it took me it was probably like after like three three of the battles and I was like oh these are all steel but also that kind of makes sense because like it's this company and even though they have all of these departments like it's like well this building seems pretty advanced like a a tech (laughs) company yeah yeah so it makes sense they all have steel stuff. Yeah, I got that too. That that makes sense. But I'm glad that just, like I wish it were patched together a little bit better. Her like, it fight could have been well written, but her fight itself is good. She has variety. It's not in a situation where it's uh, you have all fire Pokemon. I'll just surf, 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 surf. Uh, she has variety on her team, which is helpful. Um, sh- you get to Dynamax against her, which is. The first time outside a gym you get to do it. I mean, obviously, in the tower, it's big enough to do it. That's what the tower is designed for. Um, so that was nice. Uh, her music is good. Uh, and then she takes you to Chairman Rose. Or, yeah, I guess she technically is the one that takes you. You see the end of their conversation, which is Chairman Rose asking Leon for help. 
and Leon saying, I will help you, but I want to do the battle with, I want to do my championship battle. I've been, I've been waiting for this. Chairman Rose saying, no, I thought you understood. You still don't understand. Leon was like, I do understand, but I don't understand why you can't wait an extra day. When this problem won't really, really be an issue for another thousand years. Right. So the yeah. issue is that, and correct me if I'm wrong, but the over the issue that Chairman Rose is addressing is we want to ensure we will not have power in a thousand years and we need to figure out a solution now to make sure all of Galar will continue having get power even after I'm gone. Right? That's the that's the issue. Yeah, it's like still kind of vague. Like he talks about the 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 lack of resources or like how resources are becoming more scarce and they in a thousand years will run out of resources like throughout like he kind of touches on that at a couple points i think but like he this is the first time that it really comes across as like i'm willing to die for this issue like i I don't know i think there's there's definitely social commentary there like they've done with other pokemon games but it just it's really hard to read it clearly because it's masked in such vagueness like the I mean, way that they it, talk this whole conversation is really vague like what what is going to ha- like other than the fact that resources are going to be unobtainable in a thousand years what is going like what is what are they going to do to ensure that what are, what is this thing that they can't wait on to ensure that they'll have resources in a thousand years yeah this and this scene ends with let's get dinner we're going to have a good battle tomorrow Everything will be okay. And Leon being pretty excited to battle you, uh, which... I love Leon. <laughs> I I will save all my thoughts for Leon next episode. Well, I think I... Uh, now you're making me... Now I don't know. <laughs> Chairman Rose says, at the end of it too, he says, it's it's sorry to, to worry you. It's, it seems that sometimes adults can't have an honest discussion without pride getting in the way which is really kind of shady <laughs> kind of gives you the indication that their like argument is not resolved. Yeah. Well, they're not leaving on good terms. Well, uh, and then, uh, you gear up, you go to stadium round two. Yeah, walk in. I was super stoked about this. I didn't know that it was going to happen either, but like, it makes sense. But I was like, Oh, this is so cool. I don't know. I like, so uh, you, I I did not expect this either, but you have to go through a bracket again, which is like really the finals. Kind of, yeah, I I like. I this don't know a lot. if I, I I I like it because it, it seeing all the gym leaders again is is very cool. But it's is it weird to be like I fought all these gym leaders and fought the other competitors to fight Leon, but now I have to compete with gym leaders. <laughs> <laughs> to then still earn my opportunity to fight Leon. Well, it seemed it it in my head it was kind of like there are the gym leaders are actually like are actually the bracket, and they need to find that one last person that is able to join the actual gym leaders to go against the championship. But the champion, just because isn't but it? But the bracket is the bracket. 
Like there are eight people in the bracket. There are eight gym leaders. Yeah. The weird. I. I well. I. <laughs> the it, way that I I read this was that they are also competing to face the champion. Yeah. Yes. Which no. could be which explained by how often Rayhan has Rayhan has battled Leon. Right. Because maybe he has gotten to that point where he could possibly be champion several and I'm times. Ass- and I'm assuming it's like a sports thing where obviously the the Packers and the Bears fight each other every year. Like it's you they do their football, somebody wins, somebody loses. Yeah. And we hear about it from our friends because they're sports fans. <laughs> and I think I don't know like where Steelers this was said. The Patriots or but I don't, I don't know. This is what I don't get. It's a bracket of eight. There are eight gym leaders. The only reason you fit into the bracket is because Opal and Bede come well like which which is which this part bothered me. I like it was it was cool that you walk out there and Bede goes, I wanna battle you. I that's, thought <laughs> that's great. I think that's awesome. When he comes out, he's like if I lose, I'm done playing. But so I just want my last match or whatever. Well, yeah. After afterwards, then he says, uh, "I guess I didn't want to do this anymore, but the audience wants me to keep going. So I guess I'll take on the fairy gym." Uh, wasn't there something they had to ask Leon's permission to like let this battle even happen? And. Uh, I can't. Well, it would have been up to Chairman Rose, but Chairman Rose is not there, so Leon has to make the decision. I thought it was that it would start generally, not that the uh, the festivities of the day were going to happen at all. I thought that was what Leon was talking about, not actually how whether or not Bede was going to ba- uh, be allowed to battle you. Oh, he they the announcers come out when Bede comes out, he like challenges you and the announcers say, Please give us a moment while we figure out what to do <laughs> and then they say that the champion said that he'll let the battle commence. I don't know like the the um circumstance like if Leon is like, I just wanna see how this is gonna play out or yeah. like what happens then though? You're like you're right, what happens then though if if Bede wins, are you just are you do you lose? Are you disqualified from the tournament? <laughs> also, the bracket. You're right. That doesn't totally make sense. But I didn't even think about that. Like, because Leon says, like, I can't wait for my battle tomorrow with you. But then you, but then like, but you're going through a bracket. No, 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 no. I, I mean, I get the bracket because it's the yeah. finals. But I, I guess I didn't take into consideration that there are eight people on the bracket, and you're only there because Opal's not. Because Bede got disqualified and Opal's not there. But I guess maybe it would have been Opal in that instance. But then and then the bracket's messed up. Bede replaces her? Well, no, because it's still two, like... Oh, it's two, two, oh, yeah, you're two, right. and two. Because yeah. the Bede so you can't, fight you can't doesn't, have nine. doesn't count. It was... It was... Somebody would have got a buy. No, that still doesn't work. <laughs> um, yeah, so no matter what game you're playing, you're you're fighting the same people. You're going to fight NASA... And then either Alistair or B, and then Raihan. Raihan. Yeah. So that doesn't change. You don't, there's no situation where you end up facing Kabu, unfortunately. So you fight those three people, and then Leon. Yep. We, we've, we're, we're going way over. I don't think there's anything particular about any of these matches. They're just rematches. They have more Pokemon. Uh, like Nessa's Aerocuda has evolved into a Barascuda, Scoot, yeah. a Barascuda, stuff like that. Um, they all Dynamax. 
I did find myself rooting for Pierce throughout. And then when I saw that he lost to Rayhan, I was like, dang. Well, yeah, there's no way. I wish. But they did say in the locker room afterwards, they, they, I think Marnie or somebody says that, no, Rayhan says that Pierce really like tested him. Like re- their, their battle was very close and Pierce didn't even Dynamax, which was kind of interesting. Go back to the locker room one more time to get ready for Leon. Well, you go to the locker room in, in between every match, but uh, Leon comes out. He tells you to have that there. You guys are going to have a champion of a time. Have a champion time. This catchphrase, and then Chairman Rose appears on the screen and says, "The darkest day is today." And Leon, as the champion, says, "I need to take care of this and protect Galler," and then leaves. And that's our episode. The darkest day. The darkest day. This really got me. I wasn't expecting it. All right. Well, we will be back tomorrow with our final episode of our mini series. Hopefully, you've been enjoying it so far. But good night, Geller. <laughs> <laughs>